Hello, hi tea honeys. It is your favorite time of the year because Say La Tizzle is back and better than ever, baby. So we have a new twist. We are actually recording separately, but we can see each other. So that means we're going to be playing off that energy, laughing at funny faces that we're all making. Best part about that is I have the two sexiest co-stars this side of the Western Hemisphere. We have Sexy Sherry Thompson. Bitch, I'm back and I'm eating chicken. <laughs> I love it. And the incomparable Shane Howell. What's up, mamas? I'm sitting here watching Sherry eat her chicken. I'm watching Amanda in her room with her little dog. Oh, I know. <laughs> so much has happened since we last talked to our people. I know. One of those things is I became a mother. Like, wow, time flies. It truly does. When we were recording Celati and ended our last season, it wasn't even a thought in my mind that I would get a little puppy dog. And now I have a beautiful dependent Girl, be that I love that. so much. We thought you were pregnant. Mm-mm. Wow. If you think I'm fat, just say that. Like, this no, is the last time uh, we're recording with the video. <laughs> Fuck you, bitch. Okay. <laughs> Starting early. Fuck you, ho. But for everybody's reference, we can only see everything from the neck up. Right, so she said my face looks pregnant is basically what she I said. I did not. I said it made it sound like you were pregnant. Um, okay, okay, well, we're really excited to be back for season three. It has been a long time away. So much has happened since the last time we pressed record last season. Um, a couple of things off the top of my head that I know we missed. The fucking insurrection on the Capitol building. Like, whoa, that was crazy. Like, there has been so much that has gone on within our absence. And, I mean, it would just take all day long to go through it all. But... We're just going to touch on the things, you know, that were the highlights of the most ridiculous year ever. Um, and the insurrection so, was not it. No, <laughs> which is actually crazy. Um, so what about some media? What have you guys been watching, consuming lately? I know, Shane, this is usually your area of expertise because you always have some good recommendations for us. I mean, so, I mean, obviously there's a lot of stuff that's come out in the last since last September, whenever we lasted an episode, but I'm going to keep it current and I'm going to let everybody know if y'all are not on the white Lotus, y'all got to get on the white Lotus. I am not on the white Lotus. I'm not, I haven't watched it. No, but it's just giving me an aesthetic that I feel like I've seen a hundred times. Okay. But it's so good. So like, yeah, there is that aesthetic behind it, but like the writing has been in progress for quite a while. Also, if you like Jennifer Coolidge girl, Jennifer Coolidge, this role was literally written for her. The creator himself was like, I'm not doing this show unless you cast Jennifer Coolidge in this role. Like, I made this role for her. For anyone who doesn't know, it's basically like a bunch of rich people go to this resort out in Hawaii. And the first, like, five minutes of this episode, you find out someone has been killed. And then it goes back a week earlier and you, like, play out. So it's very big little lies in that sense. But it's so funny. The writing is great. 
if you love a good score like I do, the score is great. The performances are great. It's 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 the shit. I, listen, I love Big Little Lies. I think what is putting a bad taste in my mouth is what happened with that other Nicole Kidman show, The Undoing, which I I was so hyped for it because it was giving Big Little Lies, but like it also gave me a waste of my fucking time, and that's why I feel like now I have trust issues, and I don't know that I want to watch anything else that's giving me that mood because it's like, girl, you can't just copy paste someone else's shit and do it worse. Like that's just not okay. Don't make that face. You liked The Undoing. I love The Undoing. You're wrong. Well, explain why. Because Shane explained why he liked The Undoing, and it made sense after he... Um, what I didn't like about The Undoing is the fact that they wasted my time with their plot. What was that? What was happening? What do you mean wasted the time? They had so many good moments where they could have set this up to be a really great plot line. But what I hated was the fact that there were things happening that made no sense and quite frankly had no explanation to them why the fuck was nicole kidman lurking around that lady's house as she was getting murdered and they talked about it so often and they named her a main suspect in the murder and never explained oh my god oh my god you're getting emotional (laughs) no she's getting poisoned by nicole kidman Nicole Kidman Kidman is coming for you. Yo, Nicole Kidman, the ghost of Nicole Kidman just snatched my fucking shit. Listen, Shane, they had her roaming around the fucking streets like a blasted, haunted demon and named her a main suspect. And then we never heard about it again. They didn't explain why that was happening. They didn't tell us shit. Why? What are the odds that this lady's roaming the streets outside a block away from this fucking lady's? studio as she's getting murdered that's stupid as fuck if i wrote that for the fcats i would have gotten a three that's dumb (laughs) as hell not the fcat in fourth fourth grade in fourth grade rights sherry am i lying you would have gotten three for that because you didn't follow the five paragraph that's barely passing right (laughs) and honestly the ending of that movie of that show was so fucking stupid too because they spent so much time trying to convince me it wasn't the person that it was and only to make it him but i think the reason no i think the reason for that this is what like i had a i had a iffy like reaction to it whenever it first happened but then like the more i thought about it i was like you know i'm honestly like I like it because I think for me, it's putting you in the perspective of Nicole Kidman's character that like she herself is like trying to convince herself that it's not him. You know what I mean? Like she herself is trying to realize like this is, this can't be my husband. There's no way that this also, God, sorry, spoiler alerts, but it's been out for almost a year now. So, um, I think to have her as a therapist and like psychoanalyzing people for her herself to have to psychoanalyze herself and realize at the end of it that like, you know what, like it's been right in front of me and I've been trying to ignore it the entire time. Like I'm just as much a victim of this as, as like, you know, uh, it's him. And like, I've been blind to this the entire time because of my own emotions and because of how I've viewed the situation, which we've watched the show through her eyes and through her perspective that like, I thought that gave it like a nice like twist that I hadn't seen in a, in a story like that because the, the genre is exhausted. I, I agree with you. I think it is a nice twist. Um, it was cute. It was giving Hallmark Channel. Um, 
level plot and that's fine i was entertained but it, it, it wasn't it wasn't giving big little lies and like they needed to not give it that type of advertising and that's the issue that i have with white lotus is it's really setting me up to think that it's going to be another big little lies which i'm starting to think that's not a possibility because i watched the undoing and it certainly was not that it was giving lifetime original movie and yeah can I be honest with you? In. When you said White Lotus, I was like, is this an Avatar spinoff? Like, what the fuck is White Lotus? Do you know what I'm talking about? You would think that. Yeah, I, I, I could see where you would think that. The Undoing was very much a drama. There was not a single line of comedic dialogue in that entire series. It was heavy every week. The White Lotus is funny. Like, it's awkward funny and like that's what i think sets it apart from big little lies like the setup is very big little lies but the actual execution of it it might as well be a comedy like i laugh my ass off every week just because of how awkward and tense and dramatic the situations are it's it's great and it's only three episodes in out of seven so i will say you and i don't differ on a lot of things when it comes to our opinions on what good tv looks like except for i'm finding out the undoing but i will watch because i value your opinion and honestly that brings me to my recommendation and i'm sure you both can agree mayor of east town was my favorite show of this year like and that's including shows that have been in production for seasons. Like it was my favorite show this year. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. It's amazing. I mean, the characters are so well developed and I feel like that's hard to do in cinematic television these days where it's like, it's all about the landscape and it's all about the shot and it's all about making things like so realistic that all of the characters kind of bleed into each other and become the same. What I loved about Mayor of Easttown is those people were so unique and specific. Like, oh my God, the acting was just chef's kiss. It was beautiful. And honestly, we didn't lose the cinema. Like it was also gorgeous to watch, which I just feel like it had the right balance of performance and aesthetic. And it was just right on the money. And Gene Smart, like Gene Smart, which also leads into Hacks. If you haven't watched Hacks, Hacks is also. I haven't watched Hacks. It is on my list, but I need to. Okay, Sherry, what's your what's your rec, Sherry? What about reality TV? Are you watching this season of Potomac? Of course, I'm a reality TV smut. Like my so favorite that's reality a good TV. Actually, let me put you on some recommendations because this blew me out of the water. Um. 90 Day Fiance the Other Way, which is coming back in August. Okay, so for those who watch 90 Day Fiance, obviously you get the K-9 visa and you come to the United States. But 90 Day Fiance sends them to the other person's country. So I'm talking about Sumit and Jenny in India and her mom, no, his mom trying to break them up because she's too old for him and can't have kids. Like these are real people problems or like Britney it was it Jordan. She went to a Muslim country and she brought yes, liquor with her. It was Jordan. Oh, oh, <laughs> I almost threw up because his family almost honor killed him. But you know what's so funny? I feel like we have a really large audience that loves reality TV. I mean, that's why there's so much fucking reality TV on TV now because it's just so good. You just can't get away from it. Reality TV at this point 
in my opinion, has reached the levels of like when reality TV first came out. Like I'm talking like real world levels, like I'm talking Hulk Hogan's family TV show that the Osbournes, like those OG reality TV shows. Cribs. And reality TV has gotten so good these days. And I would credit that to keeping up with the Kardashians being canceled because they were the real reason why it was like fucking dying because it was just so fucking boring. But Sherry, I think you're onto something with that recommendation. I also, so unfortunately for me, I do love Real Housewives of New York, but it's hard for me to watch this season because it's very hard for me to watch Ebony K. Williams in this cast of women because I feel like she was put there on purpose because she can quote unquote handle herself. Yes. Um, But I don't think that's fair because every single second of every single day, she's asserting herself that she is a black woman who is educated and she's not taking anyone's bullshit. And while that's true, that's not fair to her. And I feel some type of way watching that on TV. Well, I also feel some type of way about the way people are reacting to Ebony because people are like this season of of New York sucks. It's Ebony's fault. No, no, no. The producers hired Ebony and they basically gave her the assignment and she's living up to the assignment. That's why they hired her because they one wanted to make their cast more diverse. And two, how interesting would it be having Ramona? I love Donald Trump singer sitting next to this girl who has a podcast about being unapologetically black. So that's not Ebony's fault. You need to talk to production about that if you have an issue with that. And you know what it is? It's it's truly the pandemic because people... I cannot relate to your rich people problems right now. I'm, I don't have the capacity. But conversely, I love Beverly Hills, even though they are rich. But that's because she's having real rich people problems. She's getting sued for fraud. Yeah, and her husband was embezzling money from burn victims, which is so fucked up. But yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't you get- either... You have to be Jeff Bezos or poor like me. Like, there's no in between. So you like Potomac because they're all poor. Yeah, I do. They're <laughs> funny. They're funny. Giselle is funny. I mean, funny. being poor makes you funny. I would know. Well, yeah, that's where the culture comes from. Right. <laughs> I like that. I like that wreck. Yeah. Well, we'll be doing more reality TV roundups in the future because I know that that's missing. We've had people who've like messaged us and been like, you guys never talk about the bachelor or real housewives. Like why? I'm like, well, Shane doesn't watch those things, which makes it difficult, but like, fuck Shane, why do we have to do whatever he does? Yeah. Fuck me. Y'all put me on my reality TV kick. I'm usually watching those like cable shows and scripted TV. So I will say, so I get all of my media recommendations from Shane. So I think it's nice that you're getting your reality TV fix from this podcast. I wouldn't say it's all me. I don't watch everything. But everything Shane's like, I love this. I'm like, okay, let me catch up on it real quick. So. Except for the undoing. You can skip that one. Okay. I know this is going to be a hot topic. And I'm falling. I, I, I realize I'm falling on a different side than p- people probably expect from me. But In the Heights, has it, it came out. The three of us went to watch it. And I really enjoyed it. I had a good time. The three of us were gagging in the theater for like the entirety of the movie. I kept looking over at you and being like, bitch. (laughs) I mean, 96,000, I actually lost my mind. I levitated out of my chair. One of the best things I've seen, as as far as like movie musicals go, with the, the controversy behind it that we'll get into in a second aside, as far as a musical movie goes, like 
I personally, like, I know everybody's on, like, the Hamilton train. Hamilton kind of, like, took Lynn manuel under, like, up that ladder. But for me, like, In the Heights was always the thing that I came back to that I was like, this does, I know it, you know, it got its Tonys and stuff like that, but, like, it does not get the representation and, like, the the appreciation, I think, that it deserves as a story and as a musical. I think In the Heights is is far above Hamilton, in my opinion. And the movie version of it, like amazing movie musicals are hard and like they fucking pulled it off like I in my opinion it was up there with Chicago the movie adaptation which I love but why I think that is because similarly to Chicago they took a lot of liberties with like place and plot they changed the things that they knew would not work in a movie and i'm happy for that because what i don't want you to do is sit there and just make this a fucking boring ass shit that i don't want to watch if you need to make ninety six thousand at the community pool then go ahead let's go turn them sprinklers on and let's get splashing like i don't want to watch you guys do this another number in the street because we've already watched it three times you know and one of my favorite moments from the like speaking of the pool scene in ninety six thousand is that moment where like you know in the original cast recording where like at the end of it it goes like they all start whispering and they come up, and the fact that in the movie the camera dumps under the water, and it's all this muffled sound is fucking amazing. It's such a good like technical brilliance. I was all about it. I loved it too. It was creating a reason for what was happening in the music, which I think was smarter than the musical. Honestly, I loved it. I thought it was really great, and it did the things that you need to do to make something a movie. Because I will say, I do have my qualms with a couple things. Ultimately. I am saying that I liked the movie because I enjoyed myself. I had a great time. Upon reflection, there are a couple of things that I'm like, I would like to have seen this change. I do feel like some of the characters we missed, we missed just some of their development. Like Benny is one of my favorite characters. And I feel like it just wasn't there for me. Like they just really reduced him to like, a guest role when he's really such a great character in the musical and a lot of the nuances that go with like why Benny is so endearing were gone too. like references to his race and like why Nina's parents don't like him. We're all gone, which is weird. Um, and I didn't think that was necessary. I thought it w- that would have definitely added an element and made it more complex. And I also thought, I mean, Shane, you and I can disagree here because I know that you liked this, but I did not like Vanessa's character. It was just not there for me. I I, I don't disagree with that entirely. I think for me, I did like Vanessa's story in the in the in the movie. I did miss the one thing that I did miss from the musical is one of my favorite songs in the musical is Everything I Know, and they did cut that out of the show. However, it made sense within the scope of the of the show itself. But I mean, I definitely do agree that like I think she was underutilized as a character. And I think in general, I do have my main qualm with me, like you said, is the fact that they did get rid of the conversations and the conflict around the race relationship between um, between Nina and um, and Benny. And like, I think that's something that you miss in the movie that was a weird choice for me, especially today like i thought that would have been something that like if there was anything that you were gonna keep i would have thought it would have been that conflict my problem with vanessa is her and nina were far too similar in character and they could not be more different in terms of the way that they are written i need you to give me a very strong guttural belt i need you to give me like 
a bad bitch. Like, you need to be giving what you needed to be giving, and it was not gave. Like, she was giving me a girl that I used to pick on in middle school. Like, it, she wasn't giving me bad bitch. <laughs> so, in the Heights, of course, I this is my first experience with the musical is the movie. I really enjoyed it. I was sitting there. They took me for a ride. I felt like I was, I don't know, you know when you go to Epcot and you're in the golf ball? And you spend your disbelief. Spaceship Earth. Spaceship Earth, Mama. My favorite. I love it. And fucking newbies always want to skip that ride. I'm like, you're trash. If You have no respect for Florida if you skip Spaceship Earth. I love that thing. Like, after you drink around the world and then you go in the golf ball, like, you're like, this is lit. Like, that's how I felt watching the movie. Like, it made me feel like not just I was in washington heights i felt like i was a part of their family so it it was very homey it was nice to sit with you guys after the movie because during the credits um amanda and shane they started talking so i was listening because i am not well versed in this musical and i was hearing the critiques about it and i was like interesting because obviously this being my first time i would never know I just thought it was very nice to be able to have those critiques and not fall into a defense of how great the movie was immediately. It was, it was, it was awesome. I know the one thing that we all three agreed on was there was a little too much piragua. <laughs> the piragua, Sherry, where did she keep going? <laughs> I do not want to talk about piragua. <laughs> I do not want to talk about it. I mean, honestly, my disdain for Lin-Manuel Miranda, I'm sure, like, permeates the streets of Atlanta at this point. I talked about him before. He's so fucking annoying to me. I've never met someone that is so self-gratifying in my life. Like, this man literally thinks he invented the modern musical, and it's just fucking annoying. Y'all, y'all. We were, whenever we went and saw In the Heights and we didn't realize there was like a post credit scene, we were like hanging out at the theater chatting afterwards. We're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was like, we, you know, loved it. It was great. We had a great time. And then we finally like started getting our things to leave and we're walking out. And as we're walking out, we're talking about how there was like a little bit too much of like the Lin-Manuel Miranda, like cameos throughout the movie as the Piedagua man. And then the post credit scene start. we're like, oh, wait, there's a post credit scene. Let's check it out. And the first thing we see is that goddamn Piedagua quart. And I was like, I cannot do this. Like, <laughs> And then as remember, as we were walking out and we were like looking at that poster, we're like, oh, the poster is so good. But like, it, I bet they put Piedagua on here somewhere. And sure enough, we look and he's in the bottom right corner of the poster pushing that damn cart. <laughs> But listen to this. I read an article about how Lin-Manuel had to be forced to be the Piragua guy. Because sure, originally... You believe, that? you believe that? I never said I believed it. I said okay, I read an you. article. I just needed to, I needed to clarify. I, can but, okay. I finish? <laughs> and he said that the producers wanted him to be involved and he wanted to stay in the back. I'm sorry, I don't buy that. <laughs> he is a producer, is he not? <laughs> Listen, I was born one day and it was not fucking yesterday. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, we need to take a break. We talked about this for literally far too long. We have gone off the rails of the itinerary once again. It's the first episode. We already can't keep it together. We'll be right back after this break.
Welcome back. Welcome back. So we almost realized for a second that we forgot about to talk about one of the movies we were going to talk about, which was Space Jam. But Space Jam was absolute trash. So we're going to move on to the most low-fat, sugar-free jam on white toast you could possibly think of. And that is Jeff Bezos and his <laughs> little, his, his, his true space jam. Um, How dare his you? little goddamn How? astronaut up to space. So. How? <laughs> How dare you segue into Jeff Bezos like that? Space jam. How dare you? Space, fat-free, sugar-free jam. Let's go. Shane, that was impeccable. Now, this is what I'm going to say. This is really the first thing and only thing, really. uh, Not only thing. I have other things to say. But the first thing that I have to say about this. Why the fuck did the rocket look like a dick? Did anybody else see that? It was so I wanted to ride it, girl. My mom was like, this spaceship is so phallic. Like, what? for what reason? And I'm like, mom, that's because... Men that are heterosexual <laughs> are really fragile. And, like, honestly, how do you cure that? You make the biggest fucking dick rocket in the world and shit into space. <laughs> like, it was the strangest shape. And I'm like, sir, just tell, tell me you're insecure without telling me you're insecure. Like, that was too fucking much. The thing that gets me the most, and now we're going we're gonna to segue off of, of comedy real quick, because what really pissed me off the most... <laughs> is that video where he <clears throat> thanked the Amazon employees and buyers from Amazon for funding his trip to space. And if that is not the most disgusting, villainous, shitty fucking thing I've ever seen in my life, like he took a situation that was already controversial and once again, for lack of a better word, shitty, and turned it into something even worse. And you like a joke of the fact that your employees are dropping dead on your warehouse floor. What the fuck is he said, you? You guys paid for this. Yeah, thank you for paying for this because I had a really great time in the 24 hours that I was in space. Thank you for paying for this with your missed wages and your lack of health care that I'm not paying for is basically what he said. Thank you for getting COVID is what he said. So I can go into space. We did. I should have like left him up there and said, you can find your own health care in space. You're not welcome back on this planet. But Jeff Bezos, what is so egregious about jeff bezos is the fact that he amuses himself so much you can tell he finds himself to be so amusing and he likes how villainous and evil he is well and the thing is like as he's doing that also you've also got Mackenzie scott his ex-wife who is literally out there giving away like 2.7 billion dollars to basically like like arts programs to like like diversity like she's giving she's donating while he is fucking sitting out here going to space and spending the money that one he already has but then thanking amazon workers and customers of amazon for funding that trip for him like fuck right off fuck off to mars get out of here go make your own little civilization up there like please don't come back I'm dying at using make your own civilization out there. Go for it. It's so funny. How about it? He said he's making his own money by 2022, like his own currency. Yeah, go make that shit in space. Okay, so this is like kind of a sidebar. I watched this movie, I think it was on Netflix. Mm, Yeah, I think it was. It's called Summer of Soul, and it was produced by Questlove. And it's about, if you haven't seen it, watch it. It was fucking amazing. But it's about basically a summer of like, tons of music festivals that were happening in Harlem 
in the 60s. And there's a segment where they talk about, it was 1969, summer of 1969, and they talk about how we went to moon, the moon. I found that to be so such a parallel to what we're going through right now because they kept asking these black people, like, are you excited that we landed on the moon? And black people are like, why the fuck would I care that people are on the moon? We don't have food to eat in Harlem. Like, let's tackle those issues instead of spending millions of dollars to go to the fucking moon. For what? How is that helping me? It's not doing anything for me. So I don't give a fuck. That's kind of how I feel about Jeff Bezos going to space. I'm like, Flint, Michigan still doesn't have clean water. And yet you're fucking flying to space. Like, I just don't. I don't understand. Well, we're literally sitting on this planet, on this literal dying planet. We're literally sitting here watching billionaires have a fucking dick measuring contest to go to space. And, like, it's just, like, it's a complete slap in the face to where, like, they then go, why the fuck aren't you excited about it? No, honestly, the Jeff Bezos space situation is just super off color for so many reasons. I think even the timing of it, we just came off of, like, the craziest year for, like, most people's lives, where people were experiencing financial hardship and people are literally dying. And you're spending time building rockets shaped like dicks to fly into space. Like, that sounds so crazy when you say it out loud but that's literally what happened well i don't know that we have much more to say about that but we do have a lot to say about this next topic so i know that you all have been probably waiting with bated breath to hear our opinions on this emmy nominations came out what was it two weeks ago and i for one have a lot to say about a lot of the nominees um and i would say america in general has a lot to say about a lot of the nominees it seemed like Honestly, there are some of my favorites that were nominated that I'm excited to see, but there are definitely some of those other ones where I'm like, I mean, I guess it was a slow year for media. We were in a pandemic and like, what could we do? But it's all looking a little weird. I will say the one category that is like the absolute best is 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 the leading women in a drama series category with like kate winslet and like you've got like i got like her and then um elizabeth olsen with wandavision um what are what are the other ones but i will say i agree i think outstanding lead actress in a limited series yes. it's a sacked category this is a hot take i'm confused by elizabeth olsen's presence in this category i'm happy for really? Marvel having a nomination i'm confused by her presence in this category i mean we know michaela cole is gonna win it right uh, yeah, and as as she should, and also you know that she's supposedly she's joining or not supposedly she's joining the MCU. That's like one of the most recent news headlines. She's joining Black Panther. The rest of this category is interesting to me: Cynthia Revo and Genius Aretha. I mean, I'm not going to watch it. It's not giving me anything that is remotely interesting to me. I'm not going to lie; the production is not there, and therefore I will not be watching it. And I love Cynthia Revo, but like you don't need to be nominated for nominated for that. Is like my thoughts. Um, Kate Winslet, of course, deserves to be there. Anya Taylor-Joy, I think, of course, deserves to be there. Elizabeth Olsen is so interesting to me. Why? I just feel like I enjoyed watching that show. I didn't think her performance was particularly moving. It didn't offend me, but I thought she served her purpose. I wasn't like, wow, this is a groundbreaking performance and should be nominated for an Emmy, is all I'm saying. I guess I could see where some of the hype behind Elizabeth Olsen, at least for me, like, I love the MCU. I uh, rewatched it a couple of times during the pandemic. Like, and I think for me, like for WandaVision to be the first non film, like the, the first series of this like MCU um, 
phase that's coming out is phase four for her to for us to finally get like a scarlet witch story and because like i've loved her throughout the series and i've always wanted more of her and to finally get like some of that backstory and finally well not even backstory but just like to get her as a leading lady in a series and to also take us through like I remember starting WandaVision and thinking it was so weird and I didn't know where it was going or what the point of it was. And then like for that show to kind of introduce the MCU to television by literally taking us on a like history tour of TV and what it's been through the years up through now and to have her as like the leading woman in that and also embody you know, you've got her embodying like who loves, uh, 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 you've got her embodying Lucy and like, then you've got her coming in and bringing, um, up to like modern family. And you've got this whole stretch of like different style sitcoms that she's taken on. And I think for me, like I was, it was a long time coming for me to finally see Elizabeth Olsen in the MCU in a role that I think that she got to shine in finally as something more than just a supporting character. Um, and I, I would argue that there are some scenes in that show that I think that she reaches like miraculous depth, not only like emotionally, but also physically. Like, I think she's an incredible actress. I think it kind of faltered a little bit in the finale, but I think overall, That's like you stick fault. her. No, not at all. I think you stick her up like with Catherine Hahn, like the two of them together, just like going at it. Like, it's amazing. Like I, so for me, while maybe on another year, if there were other options, I could maybe understand it. But I also think that like, in a lot of ways, I do think Marvel has reached a a level that like, I don't know that I think of it as like, something that doesn't deserve award nominations. You know what I mean? I I, I think I agree with you. I think for me, I, I agree. Another one that was really interesting to me is for um, outstanding lead actor in a limited series. Why the fuck is the Hamilton nominated? This is that's where weird to me. I'm like the. That's really I just, weird. I just feel <laughs> yeah. like the way the categories were set up this year was like very strategic, right? Where it's like in the past, haven't we had a category for like best recorded like performance? And I feel like that's where Hamilton would have fallen, but all of a sudden that category is gone and Hamilton's nominated for limited series. I mean, the category isn't strong. He, he could win it. I mean, I haven't seen Halston. I haven't heard great things. And then you have Lin-Manuel Miranda for Hamilton, Leslie Odom Jr. for Hamilton, Hugh Grant for the undoing, which he's not going to win. Only other person I can see winning is maybe Paul Bettany for WandaVision. Honestly though, this comes back to the fact that like I, it, we see it every award show now, like, the actress nominees are always stacked and the men are just not <laughs> like women are out here doing it. But I'm just confused as to how Hamilton is in this category to begin with. I, how are they here? This is, but this is where I try to think and I go, what, what, what else though? Like what else for limited series? Like, like I, I remember thinking this whenever the nominations came out, I was like, I don't even think of a whole lot of snubs as far as like, leading actor in a limited series drama series like it doesn't not a whole lot stands out as far as men last year like in tv you know what i mean yes i agree i still don't i, don't, I still don't think the hamilton needs a nomination i mean i it's a leave it for the tonys like I, they basically filmed a tony performance and just said great this is gonna be emmys like it's not tv it, that's that's where i think it, it draws the question of like does a filmed production of hamilton on stage 
does that warrant an Emmy nomination if it's put on TV or like is that that to me is still theater. I still watch it as theater. But that was typically typically in years past. It was like the live performance. Yeah, I guess you're category. right. Yeah, because they they would do it. Yeah, they would do it for like filmed musicals. They did it for like those musicals that were made for TV. Like I don't know when they did like Hairspray, Grease, like all that. Jesus stuff. Christ Superstar. Jesus yeah. Christ, which I think those do deserve a category. They're amazing. I guess we didn't have enough of them this year, so they put Hamilton in this category. But that to me just says let's just not nominate Hamilton until we can bring that category back. Like that's weird. Okay, what do we think about um, Bridgerton being nominated for Emmys? Listen, I'll be honest. I've tried Bridgerton twice. I can't finish it. I love Bridgerton because you see the Duke's bare ass so many times. But, I mean, it is a beautiful ass. Do I think it's an ass that deserves an Emmy? I don't think so. All I can think about when the Emmy nominations came out was, man, why the fuck was I cast in a TV series this year? Because it would be so easy to be nominated because nothing came out. Um, Shane, so I think that you should watch Bridgerton as if you were watching reality TV for period styles. And I think it okay. would help you watch it better. Sherry, that is so perfect. It is. Like, so and perfect. now that you say that, it makes sense. Like, I I watch it from the standpoint of, you know, it's another Shonda Rhimes show, and I, I can't say that I wasn't enjoying it necessarily. I just wasn't invested at all. Like, I just, there was nothing happening in it that I was like, I, what I realized is I was like, I'm watching this for the very like I'm watching this for like the sexy moments and like beyond that mm-hmm. like I'm just not getting what everybody seems to be like losing their mind about Bridgerton over um but that's a that's an interesting lens to watch it from and I think it makes a lot of sense I'll have to try that and <laughs> see if I can finish it <laughs> I honestly think that's all there is to it like Sherry I think that was a perfect way to put that and that's why I'm so shocked by the nominations I'm like Interesting. Another one that I'm not necessarily shocked by, but I did want to bring it up because I talked about it so heavily last season is Love Lovecraft Country. I do think they deserved the performance nominations that they have. I thought Jonathan Majors did a really great job. I thought Journey Smollett did it a fantastic job. Their performances were like stellar and they knocked it out of the park. I personally didn't love the series. I think those nominations are so warranted though. I think I thought they did such a great job. Um how do you feel about it being canceled? I feel fine. Next question. <laughs> I think Lovecraft Country started off great. And then I think it just, it fell off for me because it didn't, I, I always felt like it didn't quite know where it was going. And Amanda and I talked about this a lot was yeah. like, and we talked about it on the podcast with all three of us were like, I think that there was a part of me that like, I kept saying like, you know, I think it's going somewhere and I, I think it's worth giving it a shot. I think it's worth picking it back up because I feel like it's getting somewhere. And then the finale happened. And I remember I told Amanda specifically, I was like, don't I, ignore what I said. Like, I, I don't. The finale was a very, very big letdown for me. I think if they wanted to do an anthology style series, they should have done an anthology style series. But they did. not yes. And the fact they kept trying to tie it back in just like yes. wasn't really working for me. Because it Once was again, so though, loose. It was very loose. And like it. it I, I do think, like like you said, the performances are amazing, and like I'm really glad that Jonathan Majors got what he deserves from it. And also, speaking of like people joining the MCU, Jonathan Majors is now a part of the MCU as of Loki, and so like amazing. Like I'm glad that these people are are getting getting out there, and now they're becoming part of like what's arguably the biggest like the biggest universe within um, 
cinema and TV and all of it right now. Like they're like Marvel is, is everywhere. There's always something out. Um, but yeah, as far as it's cancellation, like I, I know that a lot of the internet probably disagrees because I have seen a lot of the comments on people being mad that it was canceled, but like, I think there are better stories out there to be told. And I, I, I'm fine with it being a one season thing. Like it didn't, I feel like it missed the mark on what it could have been. Um, but I am excited for their nominations. MJ Rodriguez being nominated in this category. I mean, we can't, Oh, thank God. We can't skip over like groundbreaking, huge historical. So well-deserved. That's one cancellation that I'm mad about. Like that. I just, I don't think, no. And I, I think that like pose didn't, I don't think pose picked up. It's, it's momentum until it was already too late. You know what I mean? Because I mm-hmm. think that people have finally started to like hop onto it. And like, it's so unfortunate because poses is, is, is it's groundbreaking. Like it's telling such a good story. And like, it's also, it's got everything that people like about it. It's got camp. It's got drama. Like it's, it's got so much in it. It's got entertainment. It's basically like a musical in some scenes. And like, for that to also like pave the way for, you know, for instance, like now we have legendary, on HBO Max, which like has Megan Thee Stallion as a as a guest judge on it, who has a background in ballroom, and like Megan Thee Stallion is bringing ballroom into her music and into her music videos, and like I don't know that we would have this current like exposure of ballroom culture and the history of ballroom culture to the masses if it wasn't for something like Pose. And so Pose to be as groundbreaking as it is, like I'm so glad MJ Rodriguez finally got her dues. And honestly, when they announced that that show is going to be canceled i was so certain that it was going to be picked up at least by netflix the fact that it wasn't is like really weird to me i feel like it's giving me underlying straight flight where it's like oh that's fine that's that queer show that like the queer people like and that's just unfortunate because i think it has so much potential to be a mainstream piece of media but unfortunately people are not putting the same energy behind it and that's I don't really love to see that and I also am so sad that it's been cancelled because it's such a great show okay so something I did want to talk about and this may be a hot take because I already said that I really loved this show but Evan Peters being nominated for Mayor of Easttown is just not sitting right with me I did it he was my least favorite performance in the show I just couldn't get behind it I I agree from an acting standpoint. I I think it is an interesting nomination. I did like his character a lot in Mayor of Easttown. Um, but I do think the nomination itself was one of those, like what we just talked about. I think it was like, well, who else? Like Evan Peters is a high profile name that like, yeah, he was in this show and he, he did a, a few episodes. So like, let's give him a nomination for it. And I think he was yeah. good. I don't think that his character though, I think he was mainly there to further the character of mayor. Like, I don't think that his character and I don't think it needed to, I don't think his character did a whole lot. Like as far as like from an individual standpoint. Okay. So we'll take a quick break and we'll be back with a very special, a very special edition that I'm sure many of you will be happy to hear. We'll be back in a sec. Mm. (laughs) 
and we are back. So a little birdie told me that you all were missing a very important part of the identity of Selah Tea. And we've had so many people asking us when this was coming back and if we will ever do it again. And I am happy to say that Royal Tea is back, baby. And better than ever. So royalty is here to stay. Um, but you know what's exciting about this? We thought we'd mix it up for you. And you'll see tons of fun surprises later in the season where we'll give you more and more of the content that you want. But I thought since this is our first time bringing back royalty in two seasons, I might kick us off. So listeners, you know, I try not to keep anything from you. And I will do the same in this instance. So I broke up with my boyfriend of many, many years uh, a couple months ago. And I have been back on the dating scene. And I'll be honest, it's not easy after years of being in a relationship. And holy fuck, is this what you guys were dealing with this whole time? I'm fucking sorry, bitch, because this shit has been insane. And I could honestly go on about this forever. And I haven't even been dating online dating that long. And that just goes to show just how fucking crazy this shit is. So I went on a date with this guy. He was cute. Sherry, you'll love this. He's Bahamian. And he was super handsome. So we go to my, just so everyone knows, my like go-to is I love a first date being a coffee date. Not too long of a commitment. You can get the fuck out of there if you need to. Say you have something to do. You got to work. da 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 Whatever the case may be. I meet him for coffee. We have a great time we're having such a great conversation. And I was like, honestly, like he was like, Hey, do you want to go to lunch after this? Like I'm having a great time. I almost said yes. That's how much fun I was having, but a bitch has a motherfucking job. So I had to get back on that computer and do my motherfucking work. Otherwise these bills don't get fucking paid. So I had to tell this man that I couldn't go have lunch with him, but I was excited because, you know, leave him wanting more. So I'm like, we'll hang out soon. So we hang out a second time and we're like okay cool why don't we like walk the belt line we'll have some drinks it'll be fun well okay i don't know if this man is like dr jekyll and mr hyde because this second time we hung out was the most painful experience of my fucking life and it was like scarring i haven't gone on a date since because it was so bad (laughs) i hated every minute of it so we started off and it was fine we're like walking the belt line. We're like, you know, having a couple drinks, like talking. And then we get in the conversation of exes. And I'm always like the type of person, I'm not going to bring my ex up on a first date or on a date at all. I'm not ever going to talk about my ex probably because they're fucking dead to me. If you ask me questions, <laughs> fine. But I've already held a full funeral for them in my mind. There's no need for me to bring them up <laughs> ever. Like if I'm starting a new relationship, this person never existed. Anyway, He brings up exes or whatever, and we're on the discussion of exes. And I can tell this man has, like, a lot of hangups with his ex because he's practically, like, screaming at me about fucking things that he used to do. And so he's like, yeah, like, my ex used to entertain a lot of, like, I don't know, a lot of... He used to entertain attention from men, let's say. And I was like, oh, how so? And he's like, if we're out... And she, like, meets this guy. Like, she'll spend a lot of time talking to him. And it's just, like, not okay. Because, like, what if that guy's, like, better looking than me or, like, more attractive than me? And I was like, oh, that's weird. And he was like, yeah. Is it weird? Because you just did it two minutes ago. (laughs) And I was like, I'm sorry, what? And he was like, we were on that. He was like, we were walking across the street. And there were those guys standing there. And you started talking to them. And so if you want to be hanging out with them and instead of me, like, why don't you go back there and hang out with them? And I was like... 
excuse me, sir. What the fuck? Like, I don't know where this hostility is coming from. I didn't do not a thing to you. I don't know what's going on. So then we ended up having a fucking full argument talking about his fucking girlfriend and how she broke his heart and all this other shit. And I was like, okay, I just really need to go at this point. Well, when I was on my way to the date, my car was on like super E and I'm like, I'm not about to be on E in the middle of fucking Atlanta by myself about to get fucking stabbed. So I was like, okay, Ooh, I almost said his name. Sam, do you want to go with me to the gas station <laughs> and just help me put gas in my car? He's like, okay, yeah, cool. So we go to the gas station, he helps me put gas in my car, and then I drive him to his car. Well, this man, like, was not ready to leave. Starts crying in my car, talking about his ex-girlfriend. And he oh said the nail in the coffin as to why they could not be together is because she always wanted to have sex when she was on her period. And he just could never see himself doing that. Oh. This like man is ever. This man is thirty-four. So then I asked him. I was like, well, "Do you mean ever? Like you would never have sex with a girl if she was on her period?" And he was like, "Literally never." I was like, "You would never have sex with your wife if she was on her period." He was like, "I don't see why that would be necessary. We can just wait until she's done with her period." Oh, because let's do it for you. Well, then I started fucking with him, and I was like, mm, "Okay, that's fine." And that's it. That's my royalty. So pray for me. I'm out here dating in these streets. I'm vulnerable. I'm fucking raw, and these men are fucking crazy. Um, big yikes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have other stories too. Honestly, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Well, okay, speaking of of ass play and gay shit, I went to Austin for Gay Weekend back in May. So this will be mine. So listen, everybody has come to me and talked about Austin and how great Austin is. And Austin is like this new booming city and Austin is incredible and you need to go to Austin. You'll love Austin so much. And I love Austin. I do. (laughs) I know. Um, And so we were... (laughs) (laughs) So... (laughs) I apologize in advance to any Austin people. I fucking hated it. But anyways, so I'll get to that. So basically my, my, listen, if, if something's going to happen to me on a, on a trip, it's going to happen. So basically on the flight there, there is this like freak storm happening in Austin. And so we are sitting here like this, the trip starts by us circling Austin for literally like 30 to 45 minutes. I'm texting my best friend who I was meeting down there. I'm like, Hey, like we're just like up in the air right now, like flying around. Like I'll let you know whenever we land. Cause he was going to wait at the airport for me. And eventually they come over the, the little intercom and they're like, Hey, FYI, we're going to be rerouting you guys to Dallas. Um, because we're not really sure what the situation is going to be in Austin. No. And we need to like, we need to land. So um basically our our pilot needs to time out so i was like okay great so i tell my friend i'm like please leave like please leave the airport go do whatever I, i'll be there later um and so i'll be in dallas actually i, I guess and so then i'm thinking like okay do i like rent a car like how am i supposed to get there and so we land because the the, the pilot and the flight attendants were like we're not really sure what the situation's like we're not sure like how we're going to get you guys to austin if we're going to get you guys to austin tonight we're going to try our best but just fyi um, long story short, they ended up getting us another flight. We had to wait in Dallas for like an hour and they finally like timed out another pilot to fly in and then take us to Austin. Um, and that's just, that's just where it, it continues to go downhill. So I then have to walk a mile through the Austin airport because it's basically just one big loop to get to the Uber and Lyft zone, um, to get downtown. And the Uber line is around the corner and down the street. And the, someone told me, they were like, we're thinking it's probably about three to four hours before you get the Uber. And I was oh, like, hell oh, no. No, no, my no, God. No. It's already 1130. So I was like, at this point, I might as well walk to downtown. Luckily, this girl next to me was like, 
somehow got through to Lyft on her phone and was like, hey, uh, I just found out like Lyft is, where are you going? And I was like, I'm going downtown. And she was like, I'm going down too, downtown too. I was like, bitch, I will literally pay for your Uber if you will just let me ride with you. And so we get to the place, we go out, we have a fun time, cool, whatever. And the whole reason why we were going on this trip was because the next day is this event called First Splash in Austin. And it's um, on Memorial Day weekend every year. And basically everybody goes out to this little place called hippie hollow, which is out on the lake. And we're like, Oh, that'll be cute. That'll be fun. Everybody like basically like ties their boats together and then people just hop boats and drink and hang out. So we're like, okay, cute. So we get up the next morning. We're like getting ready to go to, um, go to first splash. And we're like, let's go get some alcohol real quick so that we can bring it out there. Um, we're rushing around. We get to this place. They're, not able to sell alcohol until noon because it's a weekend or some shit. So we're like, Oh, well, I guess we can't do that. So at this point we're already waiting for the Uber. So we haven't had a chance to eat yet. So after this 45 minute Uber drive with this, the worst Uber driver I've ever been in a car with, I thought I was going to throw up. I was having hallucinations driving because of how awful it was and how hot it was. <laughs> no, and because in Austin and Austin, well in Austin, they were like, so we're not able to have like um, the AC on, like we need to roll the windows down due to COVID. So the windows are down. It's Austin heat. We're driving. We literally passed this like, um, gas station. And I tell my friends, I'm like, I think I've been here before. And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, I think I've been here in my dreams. Like I've absolutely seen this gas station before. In my fucking nightmare. <laughs> Very weird. So I'm just ready to get to this place and get in the water and have some drinks and hang out. And so we finally get there. And when I tell you it is a literal cliff, like it is a straight up and down cliff that people are just like sitting on the cliff edges, like down the side of the cliff and we get there and both me and my friend talked to our other friend who was uh, the one who brought us there that weekend. And we were like, how many people have died here? Like, you can't tell me that people drunk off their ass have not slipped off this cliff, fallen down and like hurt themselves. Okay. By the I have end a of the day, I'm sorry yes. to interrupt. Were there any black people there? No. Thank um, you. By the end of the day, uh, <laughs> as we're getting ready to leave, because I'm hot and hungry and ready to eat. Um, we finally are like allowed to we're finally like we're just gonna head out we're, we're done for the day and so as we're leaving all these cop boats start pulling up and then all these like paramedics are there and i'm like i bet somebody fell off the thing turns out this girl slipped and fell off the cliff and like twisted her entire leg around so i was like okay this is another sign that we need to get the hell oh, out of here fuck no so we go back and we go out that night and um the clubs are packed, but it's a lot of bachelorette parties at all the gay bars. And they're all like asking to like take pictures of them. And like, they're being fairly, they're basically oh, treating gay men like zoo animals. Um, and so that was the vibe at every gay bar the entire weekend. And we're standing in line for pizza afterwards. And these like drunk ass straight girls come up and they're like, Hey, can you guys like, let us like buy your pizza? Like, and then we'll like just get us pizza too, because the line was down the street and we were like, yeah, sure, I guess. And then they ended up going to these group in front of us. And this girl tells us she's from Florida and me and my friend are like, Oh, sorry to hear that. And she was like, no, no, no. Like I'm from like way down South Florida. Like it's super nice down there. And I was like, Oh, like Miami. She goes, no, like kind of like an hour North of Tampa. 
I said, Gainesville? Oh, hell no. I said, Gainesville, mama? And I was like, you mean you're from the swamp? Like, I would barely even call that Central Florida. Not um, in hours north of, of Tampa. An hour's north of Tampa. I said, you should have just said Tampa or just lied and said Miami or better yet, not even tell us you're from Florida. Whatever. Don't talk Anyways. to me at all, bitch. Get your credit card out and <laughs> make my fucking pizza. I'm ready to go. pizza, honey. Um... <laughs> Regardless, the next day, because I'm just trying to keep this story short, because there was like a whole lot of shit that happened that weekend. But the next day, um, one of our friends was able to get on a flight at like 7 a.m. that morning, and I was envious that he was able to leave early. Um, but we didn't have a flight until 7 p.m., so we had to like randomly like wander around. Austin that day, we saw somebody pass out from heat exhaustion in front of an ice cream shop that made him pay for water after he passed out. Um, and all this fucking chaos uh, for mediocre ice cream that would have been better. As my friend said, it would have been better at Ben and Jerry's. So we basically, um, we finally leave. We finally got home and I was, I've never been happier to be in Atlanta. I love that. I hated Austin. Austin was garbage. Sherry, what was your story? Yeah, what's your royalty? Okay, so this is actually pretty juicy. Pretty juicy. So uh, as you, what what do you call them, Amanda? Hot honey something? Hot honey. What? What, what do you call them? High tea honeys? Oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> as you high tea honeys know. Oh, my bad. Sure, you don't know what our fans are called? <laughs> high tea honeys. That's what they're called. Okay. As you guys may know, I work in a restaurant. That is my survival job. And Looking working like in a restaurant every day. Not Eddie Murphy. Sometimes I dress in black, Amanda. Okay. Sometimes I'm not in that motherfucking fine dining uniform. That's fine and, dining. You think you're gonna lead me on a safari? Go ahead. Yes, that's the that's the right. That's the brown coat. That's like the universal fine dining coat. Oh, okay. Like what they wear at Rainforest Cafe. How do we mute her? Can we mute her? Is that okay? I didn't okay, ask for this done, motherfucking go uniform. Ahead, go ahead, go ahead, she go is ahead. coming for my job. I'm just trying to pay my bills. Anyway. This is nothing about reading. The library is open, girl. <laughs> this is my royalty. Hello. Anyway, so... I work at a restaurant. I work at a fine dining restaurant. Uh, During this pandemic, there have been so many cracks in the concrete that I should just write a book at this point. But I just don't want people to know that I'm working there, which is why I haven't said anything. But one of the juiciest things that has happened in the past, I want to say nine months, was when I saw someone's wife catch this guy cheating. It went down like this. This is during a pandemic. Let's never forget that. I was working on the bar and for some reason, I just want to let everyone know Amanda's chicken wings have arrived and she decided to interrupt my royalty to let us know <laughs> that her chicken wings have arrived. I swear to God. God. I didn't interrupt it. I put it in the chat. I silently told you guys that my chicken wings were here. I was just up to And she's laughing. <laughs> <laughs> They're trying to sabotage me right now. (laughs) So this is what happened. I was working the bar that day and something told me to answer the phone. I never answer the phone when I'm at work. So I answer. I'm like, hello. This woman is like, is my husband there? And I'm like, who the fuck is your husband? Like, can I have a name? And she's like, his name is so-and-so. So we look in the reservations because I know how to work the computer. And I was like, sorry, ma'am, he's not here. And she goes, I know he's there. And I said, okay, strange. 
I hang up the phone because I don't deal with the weirdness. So I tell the manager and I'm like, something, someone just called, asked if her husband was here. It was very strange. They're like, whatever, Sherry, you're always like on 10. And I'm like, okay, let me go back to my fucking bar. I go back to the bar. This strange woman in a tracksuit, looking nervous as fuck, saunters up to the bar. She's like, hey. And I'm like, this is that bitch on the phone. This is her. I'm, I'm like, hey, do you need a drink? She's like, yeah. She's looking around. She's looking for someone. I'm like, oh, fuck, this is really her. So I go to get a manager. I'm like, you guys, that is the bitch on the phone. She is right there in the middle of the bar. They're like, nah, whatever, bitch. Like, you are lying. So we turn around. I'm talking to them. All of a sudden, she's gone. They go, what the (laughs) fuck, bitch? You lost track of her. I said, you guys did not believe me. So we go around looking for her. She's walking around the dining room looking for this man completely out of dress code. So a manager comes up to her. She's looking like Sue Sylvester. Yes, yes, literally. NT ways. So we guide her back to the front, back to the bar. I'm like, okay, ma'am, here's the drink you asked for. I give it to her. I'm like, are you doing okay today? Like, what's going on? She's like, yeah, like, I'm having, like, a hard day. Like, I'm looking for my husband. I said, I told y'all this is that bitch. So you know me, I'm messy. I said, oh, yeah, your husband's here? Like, um... I think I spoke to you on the phone and she's like, Oh, okay. Was that you? It's like, yeah. And she's like, yeah, I'm just looking for him. I was like, interesting. I didn't see his reservation. We do have two locations in Atlanta. So maybe you should try that other location. She's like, thank you so much. I'll go try that location. So I get her out of there. Management was like, Ooh, good idea. So I'm going back throughout the shift. Someone pulls me aside about an hour and a half later and is like, Hey, that woman just called back up here. She said that she's on her way back to our restaurant. She knows for a fact that her husband is in the restaurant because her friend told her and she is on the way. I said, oh shit, this is about to be a mess. I have some regulars at my bar, so I tell them what's going on because that's the type of tea I'm trying to see if I'm sitting at a bar. Nothing to do with me, complete trash reality TV, but it's happening in person. You don't even have to pay for it. That will get me to come back every single time right so i'm serving them drinks i'm like watch this i'm about to instigate this so i decide to find out where this husband is because where the fuck is he she she walked around the entire dining room we find out you guys that this man is in a private dining room and the only reason his wife did not see him is because the door was closed but he is in a private party with his girlfriend's entire family 30 people for her mother's birthday. No. <laughs> for his mother's birthday. No. When we find that out, yeah, swear to God, the only reason we know that is because she called back again. At this point, she's circling the restaurant and valet is calling up here. She's like, I see his truck. It's parked right in front. Oh, shit. So you know what we had to do? So by this time, the regulars at my bar have been sitting there for two hours. They're a little lit. I'm like, yo, this is about to happen. Um, this party has to walk outside. His wife is circling the restaurant like a shark. Um, and one of the regulars goes, "If I mean, if he gives me $50, I'll walk his girlfriend out. But he could not. So my managing partner decides to pull this man aside into the emergency exit and tell him what's going on because we don't want that smoke. Like we want to mitigate the situation because I've seen some things happen at my restaurant that were not kosher. Um, And 
he tries to front what we were trying to tell him. He's like, nah, man, I'm here with my kids. I'm here with my family. And we said, hey, we don't know what's going on, but some woman says that she is your wife. All of a sudden, you see him pacing back and forth to the bathroom, sweating. He's a big man, sweating. And then the entire restaurant, the entire private party is leaving the restaurant. Everyone's dressed in red. The girlfriend thinks she's cute. And my regular's like, yo, I'm going to go downstairs right now because I know Valet is about to be a mess. And indeed it was. That woman was downstairs. The girlfriend was shrieking at him. He was in trouble. You could see that he just lost everything. He lost his house. He lost his car. He lost his last coin. No. Because you done fucked up at this fine dining restaurant. You got caught. How did you find time to do that during a pandemic? Not <laughs> out here cheating and beating ass in the middle of a Ponda replay. Y'all gotta stop this. <laughs> Not in the middle of a Ponderosa. Not this yep. Pandemi Lovato, honey. Not the Pandemi Lovato! Oh my god, I cannot. That's the name of the episode. <laughs> yes, Pandemi I love Lovato. it. Pandemi Lovato, you got it right there. Okay, Sherry, <laughs> that was very spicy, and I have an idea of who I think the winner will be this week. But the probably Shane. Open <laughs> no. Everyone, you once again can cast your votes for who you think had the best messy tea, and we will let you know next episode who the winner was. But for now, we gotta say sayonara to say la tea because we are well over time, and Mama doesn't have time to edit all this footage. So, toodaloo. Goodbye. Wait, three, two, one. We, we, out. we out. Dang, why did you just wait so long? And now I now that I can actually see you, I know it's you that's fucking it up. <laughs> Sherry, you saw that? I'm waiting on you guys to do it. Sherry, you watch saw her that? lips. Okay, I I'm did. watching your lips. Do it one more time. Give me one more. I'll give me one more chance. Okay. Three, two, one. We, we out. out. Okay, thank you, Shane. Thank you. That it was a lot for me, but...